What's up, everybody? You're listening to the 10 After 7 Podcast with your host, Michael Cody Stevenson. It's September 18, 2018. The Dodgers are currently a half game up on the Rockies for first place in the NL West. Week 2 of the NFL just passed. You had the Browns blow another big game. You had Ryan Fitzpatrick throw for four touchdowns once again. And Patty Mahomes is leading the league with touchdown passes with 10 in two weeks. And I'm bringing on my brother, Dylan Stevenson, and Kel Dester's coming with us again to talk all about week two of the NFL and what's coming up for week three. Coming on next, Kel Dester and Dylan Stevenson. The return of Kel Dester week two. Let's do it, Cody. Week two. Well, look who it is. Yeah, huh? Dylan. Long time, buddy. How you been? What's up, buddy? All right. Good stuff, man. Congrats on the little guy. Thanks, man. How about your Jags? Congrats on that. Finally, uh, doing thank something. you. Thank you. It's been great. And, and we could we could start there. So I'm gonna give you the floor again, like always. Tell okay. me about your Jags beating the hell out of the Patriots. America had to love that, man. Cody, I'm telling you, it's just not a surprise. Not a surprise to me. I'm telling you, this team, I don't know if you saw, power rankings came out today. Jaguars with the number two spot. Okay, okay let's stop right there, buddy. Okay. You, you know you were, you were surprised. With the Patriots? With that game. Zero percent. And I'll tell you why right now. At work... I say, you know, I work at CBS Sports, so a lot of guys there claim to be real knowledgeable guys. And I had a $100 bet with one of my guys at work. And before the game, I said, the Jags will not only win, but it will be a blowout win. And Blake Bortles will show the world who he is. And that's exactly what happened. However, I don't think it's that big of a deal that the Patriots got blown out in September. Bill Belichick doesn't care about September. He's never cared about September. And I still think whoever gets home field advantage in the AFC playoffs between the Jags and the Pats is going to win. We'll see. I mean, I do think Patriots, I mean, they have to, right? They have to have a down year. I mean, it's been coming for, what, 10 years now, a decade? And I think I said in the preseason, I think this is the year the Patriots take a step back. What's taking a step back for the Patriots? Uh, winning nine games, uh, maybe <laughs> losing the division for the first time in 12 years. <laughs> so who's going to win that division if you say they're going to lose? The Miami Dolphins. Kale. Kale, let's, let's be real here, buddy. What are you doing, Tannehill? I, no, I agree. I mean, it's the Patriots division. But you got to look at these Dolphins. Look, I mean, look what they're doing. They look like a solid team. And, you know, can never can't count out the Patriots, though. I mean, it's a, yeah, very bold, very bold. But, you know, like I said, it's got to come sometime. The the only thing it does do with the Jags, a blowout win, it gives them confidence. Now they know they could beat the Patriots badly, actually, really. I mean, because it was September. It wasn't a huge game. It was huge for the Jaguars, but I think confidence is the main thing. It gives them confidence that they can beat the top dog who went to the Super Bowl last year, has been the king of the AFC for the last decade plus. Absolutely. So that's huge for Bortles, and Bortles had a hell of a game. How, how, about, uh, how about that receiver, that one-arm grab? Keelan Cole. Yeah, look Dude, out for that, that guy. That was 
unreal. Yeah, look out for that guy. He's going to have a good year. Another huge part of the game, Gronk got shut out. Yeah, my guy um, Gibson, safety for the Jags, shut him down. Two catches, 15 yards. <laughs> yeah, very impressive showing. Like I said last week, this Jaguar, this Jaguar defense is, in my opinion, I actually got shut down at work another time this week uh, talking about the Jags defense, but they're the best I've ever seen. Not being biased. I am biased, but truly not being biased. They're the best defense I have seen in my life. And I'd have to, I'd have to say uh, with uh, Trey Flowers get, uh, getting pulled from the game for a concussion and uh, another uh, big-time defensive player uh, being taken out of the game, even even though those two were taken out of the game, the offensive line looked actually pretty damn well. For who? For Jacksonville. They're they're uh, they're solid on all three phases. They're a very very good offensive team. Pretty good. And like you talked about, Cody, the confidence level. I'm big on confidence in the NFL with all teams, and we, we're going to get into that a little later with a couple of these teams that are starting two and zero. Get some confidence behind your back and. Good things can happen in the NFL. Yeah, that was the that was the big takeaway. You know, everyone was going to run with that. I think there's fans that have watched for a long time that say it's not a big deal because the Patriots have started slow. I mean, think about last year, first game of the year, Kansas City on opening night goes in there and beats the hell out of them. Yeah, everyone talks about you know the sky is falling in New England. Couldn't be farther from the truth. And people that are you know watching here and there probably think oh the Jaguars they're the team to beat I wouldn't go that far yet but they are one hell of a team and the Patriots have to be on notice that's one game I take away and we could talk about the Browns I mean how crazy was that <laughs> they had another chance they dominated that game. oh watch that game Kamara got shut down Drew Brees did not have a good game it seemed like every time I looked up at the TV Brees was getting sacked by the Browns defense the Browns had two or three chances to score and Poor Zane Gonzalez can't put it through that the just, That just had to happen for the Browns. Like, everyone was like, oh, my God, the Browns are going to get that first win. And then just something struck lightning on this dude. And that just had to happen. And, and what was the result? That's, it's just – it's unbelievable. And then it comes out, you know, the next day that, oh, he's been dealing with a growing injury, which is – in my book, that's complete horseshit. Well, dude got cut, so <laughs> he has a lot of time to deal with the groin. <laughs> but rough, rough weekend overall for the kickers. Oh, very. Um, you know, Pat McAfee for the brand talked that this week was kind of a historic bad week for kickers. Oh, it was awful. And once again, we talked about it last week, you defending the Browns somehow for coming up with a tie when they should have won the game. Here's another game that the Browns should have won and once again blew it. I don't You can't blame the kicker that they were put in that situation. They had that game. They should have dominated the game. And once again, they had to come from behind and put that kicker in the situation. And like you said last week, Cody, it goes to Hugh Jackson. It falls on his shoulders. This is going to the dude cannot finish games. He, he doesn't coach teams to finish games because it, it's unbelievable how the Browns, once again, how they lost that game. I mean, are, we just, are we sure he finishes the season as the Browns head coach? 
I already told you last week. No, he doesn't. He shouldn't. I mean, he shouldn't be their coach this year to start the year. So, I mean, we'll see. Hey, how about these guys not going after Dan Bailey and they get some rookie kicker? No, they went after Dan Bailey. Dan Bailey went out and said before, like, I'm going to weigh my decisions. Like, I want to play for a winner. And obviously he wanted to play for the Vikings. The Vikings are Browns. Let's let's weigh the decisions. Yeah. Well, well, fuck Dan Bailey then. Who are you going to play with, Browns or Vikings? Vikings Does it really matter? I mean, Dan Bailey didn't have a job. I'm taking. So it doesn't matter to me. He just got cut from the Cowboys. I'm taking a pay cut to pay for the play for the Vikings instead of the Browns. No doubt about it. We'll 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 talk about uh, the man of the NFL, who really he's up there with the MVP candidates. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jameis Winston's got to be shitting his pants at this point because the guy has four touchdowns once again against the Eagles, the defending champs. It's week two. They still throws over 400 yards, four touchdowns. I'm not taking away the credit. They're, they're, ro- they're, rolling, they're rolling on all cylinders, and I'm pretty sure they like how Fitzpatrick's playing over there. I agree with Dylan. Easy. <laughs> it's week two. No MVP talk yet. But, I, um, I think it's I, safe to say Jameis Winston lost his job. For sure. I'm, I completely 100% agree on that. I think Jameis Winston is very worried right now sitting – at home, sucking his fingers, eating a bucket of chicken. Well, oh. <laughs> Crab legs. <laughs> Crab legs. <laughs> no, remember, I mean, you guys remember when he licked his fingers, he got a W. He got a W. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I think he's actually very worried right now because Fitzpatrick is on fire and his team's loving it. I would go as far to say Jameis Winston has lost his job. There's no way it would have to be – Patrick has to have multiple horrible weeks for Jameis Winston to come back and get his job back because, I mean, that's how the NFL works. It's what can you do for me lately? That's true. You got to roll with the hot guy. And his job's gone. I mean, yeah, for, Desha- for the time Desha- being, his job's gone. Deshaun Jackson had the quote. Basically, it's like playing NBA Jam when you're growing up. Whoever has that fire on them, you're going to keep shooting with them. Fitzpatrick has that with them right now. And Dan Patrick kind of put it perfectly. He said, Ryan Fitzpatrick's earned the right to lose that job. And really, Winston has to earn it back. He has to do something to earn it back. And Fitzpatrick, until he loses it, like you said, maybe one or two bad games, they turn back to Winston. But for right now, they got to keep riding him. And they got Pittsburgh coming in Monday night, and Pittsburgh's secondary looks terrible. So I wouldn't be surprised if Fitzpatrick has another 400-yard passing game. I wouldn't either. And on that point, um, Jameis Winston coming into the season, it's not like that dude had that job set in stone. I mean, I think he was one of the guys that are on the ultimate hot seat for the season because I think I told you last week, him and Mariota in that same draft class, I mean, those guys have underachieved. You know, they were supposed to be everything for those franchises, and both guys have definitely underachieved, so – I mean, for Fitzpatrick to do what he's doing this year, I mean, bye, Jameis, you know? Well, let's be honest. Winston, I was huge on him coming out of the draft. I was a Winston over Mariota guy. The talent's clearly there, but he's never played to the extent that Fitzpatrick's playing right now. We've never seen Winston have a game like that. 
No, I said last week to you, Cody, uh, Fitzpatrick's a established guy in this league. When he plays, I mean, he's been good. He's been good in recent years. He just really hasn't been able to have a team of his own. And you're seeing it this year. Fitz magic. Love it. <laughs> you like you like that outfit? Oh, I, I, I said on, on Twitter, I tweeted, I might I might wear that for Halloween. <laughs> that is a hell of a Halloween costume. Actually. Guy, guy just looks like a straight Boston gangster. Great stuff. Yeah, he could have been a extra in the town. All right, let's uh, just chat on that. Anyways, we're going to jump to the other uh, MVP candidate. It's never too early to talk about MVP candidates. You guys are crazy. Let's talk about Patrick Mahomes, because last week we talked about the young quarterbacks, who we followed their careers, and man, did Mahomes show out for me. Six yeah. touchdowns. The Chiefs just absolutely look like the top of the crop in the AFC. I don't even know if that's the same. Top of the crop, I like it. I like it. Six, six touchdowns, 10 touchdowns overall. He even said himself. He has high expectations for himself, believed in himself, but no way in hell did he think he was going to throw 10 touchdowns in two games. I like he gave the credit to Andy Reid, which was also very cool. Big Andy <laughs> Reid fan. No, hey, who can't be a fan of the mustache? Come on. All right. No, he said I, Andy Reid draws up the plays, and they're just perfect plays. And I make the throws, and you see what happens. And the playmakers that he has around him, that's a very good team. Well, think about it. You made Alex Smith look good. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. That's that's a – dude, come on. Alex Smith was a great quarterback. Yeah, if you needed a 10-yard out route, he's got you. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's the takeaways I have from week two. You guys can add your piece. Dylan over here is a Packer fan. He's upset that the Packers tied. If you tie, that's your own fault. We talked about it last week with the Browns and freaking Steelers. Yeah, well, they had both teams had every chance in hell to win that game. Yeah, until the Clay Matthews hit, which is a questionable call, but I'll, uh, yeah. I'll stay away from that one because NFL's just – they need to stop changing rules, man. It's kind of you, you could blame it on that, but how did Adam Thielen catch that football? You're right on that. The guy, I don't know how in hell that safety let that ball go right through him. And he, it didn't even look like he went after the ball. The Packers DBs have been awful for like five years. They pick them up off Hollywood Boulevard, it seems like. Cody, first of all, we have one who's absolutely great, Gerard Alexander, who's the number one draft pick this year, rookie, pretty damn good. Our, our other corner is her king, which, yeah, it sucks to have Williams in there, which that ball was thrown on Williams. And we got, you know, House, who's a veteran in the league who probably shouldn't even be playing because he's old as fuck. <laughs> well, well talk, talk about another kicker losing his job. Poor Daniel Carlson just – and the coach didn't even give him credit. They asked him, oh, you know, uh, what's going to happen with Carlson? Why'd you cut him? And Zimmer just goes, did you see the game? Seriously. I mean, Bye. <laughs> Dude, is this just is this just the year of kickers just absolutely getting annihilated or what? Looks like it. I it mean, looks like the you got you got to win games for a team. You got these guys putting their life on the line for sixty minutes, and you come out. You have one job. That's all you do. Yeah, and then no, you got no, this. You this, this, to... this is a question. I got to get into it. Let's just. I got to ask you guys this question: Are kickers a part of the team? Because I heard David Carr go on. Dan Patrick this week, and he said basically not. Like, they just do their job. It's 11 of us. Stay out of the way. And I've heard other players basically say that they're not a part of the team. 
it depends on the type of guy you are. Like, if you like to party, like Janikowski, that guy, you see that gut on that guy? That dude loves the party. If you, if I mean, if you got a leg and you're kicking pretty damn well, and and you like to party, yeah, you're a part of the team. I mean, Janikowski is a fucking captain on the Seahawks. That's classic. I'll tell you my take. Playing football for 16 years, I've been on multiple college football teams, and they are a part of the team until they do stuff like that. You know, because the thing about kickers, and it is just a fact. They put in a lot less work. They show up for practice about an hour. They do their special teams, and they get to leave where everyone else is at practice for three hours. And I've talked to guys in the NFL. I have a couple of buddies who I played with. It is the exact same thing. They show up to practice for an hour. They do their special teams, and they go about their business. They still work hard at their craft. But, like I said, guys are in the trenches guys are busting their ass for 60 minutes and you have to go out there and make a kick so you know carlson makes one of those kicks he wins the game for the vikings that whole locker room's giving that guy praise hugging him loving the guy but when you miss that kick it goes back to that and it that, goes, that is that is you know, true but but put every person in that situation put every single person in that situation who's going to make it and who's not everyone misses a kick but I get it. Like, yeah, if I'm on that team, I'm going to be like, fuck this guy. But yeah, no, this, absolutely. At the yeah, same absolutely. at the same time, it's like, dude, everyone misses a kick. And, I mean, when you got a guy who's missing a kick after kick, like, you, you kind of got to help this dude out. Like, I mean, it, it probably came down to, like, no one gives a fuck about this guy after missing two kicks, but – I mean, you got to help out the guy because he's getting in his own head. It, it seems to me this year that the leashes are as short as they've ever been for the kicker position. It should be. I mean, it should be. Like I said, I mean, these guys got to come in and do one job. They got to make a kick. And I'm, I mean, sure, it's a tough job. It's, I love kicks. I mean, they're very, you know, something beautiful about a field goal getting made from 50 yards. Like Jankowski, that kick he made before the half. Yeah, that was a bomb. Last night. I mean, that's great stuff. You know, you love seeing it. But at the same time, when these kickers miss kicks, it's like, gosh, damn it, you know, make a kick. So <laughs> is there is there any other position in sports that we can compare the kicking position to? Bullpen catcher. Yeah, there's maybe a closer in baseball. I, I, mean, I thought I thought about it, but even those guys get a little bit of a leash. And it's such a long season that they're not going to yank you real quick. I think you get like at least four or five tries at it depending on what team you're playing for. Well, that's baseball. There's so many games yeah. that, you know, you blow a save. It's not going to ruin your season. But you miss these kicks in these games, like Carlson. I mean, it, it really affects your season. And, I you, got, know, it, you saw I, it with the Chargers last year. You know, I mean, they have, a, they have a kicker that makes kicks. They make the playoffs. Yeah, horrible. They didn't, and, you know, they don't make the playoffs. So, I got a question a for you. But does that have anything to do, like, let's say, I don't, I mean, I never kicked a field goal in, in high school or, or college, but did, I mean, if that guy gets a bad snap and a bad hold, does that affect the way that kicker's kicking the ball? Of course. Yeah, of course. So is it all to blame? That's their team. Yeah, that's their. Yeah, those three kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, that's, right? their, little, like, that's their little team. 
and, and they, actually McAfee in his podcast mentioned today, at least for punters, he was talking about. I'm sure it goes for field goal kickers as well. He said it's all rhythm, and he actually he actually compared it to the home run derby, which I thought was a great analogy. He said, you know, when Harper's dad was kind of fucking up there for like five or six pitches, it was all rhythm. He said that can happen when uh, your snapper's kind of off. One ball goes off and you're out of rhythm and it kind of fucks up the punter's head. And really, the position's all mental. If you're thinking about it, you're going to screw up. Yeah. Yeah, it is It is kind of an anomaly in sports. And it's it's part of the game, though. They are a part of the team. And, you know, they got to come through just like all those other guys got to come through in certain spots. So that's that's their job. And it's such a lonely position. Like you yeah, brought up, like you brought is. up, you brought up the closer. The closer has like a stat to have some value to the team, which is the save. But those middle relievers out there, the bullpen's kind of on their own, and they're like, ah, and they kind of hang out with each other. They don't communicate with the hitters. It's kind of an odd relationship, like the kicker has with most guys. That's why I respect McAfee. I don't know how the hell this guy's friends with Joseph Adai, a running back, and these linemen, he must just have the best personality ever because I've never seen a kicker or punter ever have friendships with these guys. Well, you even see with, like, the Ravens and uh, Justin Tucker, you see how that guy um, communicates with this team? I mean, you could just – those guys love him because every time he goes out there, he kind of got Skowski with the Patriots, same exact thing. <laughs> the guy goes out there and just nails field goals. So when they're in that position, you're my guy. I mean, you you know, you're a part of this team and you help this team win. But when you have, I think you got to earn that right as a kicker. Yeah, and Tucker also has a paycheck where he can pick up the fucking dinner check once in a while. Exactly. Yeah, you know, so. <laughs> All right, we can talk about uh, what's gone on in the NFL after week two. It's only been a few days, but Josh Gordon gets released and then traded to the Patriots from the Browns for a fifth round pick. I want your guys' thoughts on that because I think it's absolutely absurd that they gave up a fifth-round pick for him. I think that's highway robbery. But I also am on the other side. I think people are jumping to conclusions thinking this guy's going to be the next coming of Randy Moss when the Patriots have brought in guys like Reggie Wayne, Ocho Cinco, Michael Floyd. If you don't fit in, you're going to get kicked out of New England very quickly. So what do you think is going to happen there? Kelly, you can go first. Um, I'll believe it when I see it with Josh Gordon. I, I have always, and a lot of people have compared him to Justin Blackman of my Jags. The dude's an incredible talent, but he just can't figure it out. And there's something in the water there. There's something going on with that guy. If he can't figure it out in New England, I think his career's over. And like you said, if it if he doesn't buy in, Patriots aren't going to have it. They're going to cut him, and he'll be done. So it's a, it's a to-be-seen. It's a very interesting move, and it's interesting that the Patriots picked him up because out of all the teams that can make him great, it's the Pats. So, I, yeah, it's a, it's a big question mark for me. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I will say, though, dude, Josh Gordon is way better than Blackman. Oh, you got you got to be kidding me. You're bringing him, comparing him to Blackman. You, you saw Blackman's stats when he played? I, I get that, but have you seen – I mean, Josh Gordon's been in the league way longer than Blackman. Okay, right. but but that one year, what were Josh Gordon's stats? Very good. He led the league in receiving. I mean, Josh Gordon's fucking insanely good, talented. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Blackman, but, yeah, those two. No, you don't. Don't even start with that. 
<laughs> and he's like a fucking a 30-year-old man with braces. That's true. <laughs> I forgot about Blackman. Dude. But uh, you know what? Um, I'm with you on that. I agree with you. Uh, I I mean, we'll we'll see with Josh Gordon. I don't really know. Like, I won't even compare him to Moss. I mean, Randy Moss had one of his best years ever on the Patriots. Ocho Cinco had a horrible year on the Patriots. Um, I I don't know where that's going to stand. Who knows if he's even going to play this year? I mean, this guy, like, first of all, doesn't even show up to training camp. Like, shows up the last week and it's his head's all fucked up, I guess. I don't know. That, that was the weird thing of it all. We never knew why he wasn't at training camp and Hard Knocks was there. What was – do you even know? With Josh Gordon? Yeah. What what went on with training camp? I don't – did we ever get a reason why he didn't show up? I, that's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, who knows with the guy? There's always these big question marks. Maybe he's hotboxing some car somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? Hey, you know, I don't think the Patriots should be able to pick up a guy who's had uh, off-the-field issues. Well, that's what I'm saying. For the Patriots to pick him up says a lot. No, I don't think they should be able to pick up guys what, without what the What does that have to do with anything? I think after the Aaron Hernandez thing went down, they should be banned <laughs> from picking up guys off the field. Oh, that's fucking great. No, I'm saying, though, they shouldn't, like, should they be able to do that? Yes. Yeah. What? Dude, all <laughs> NFL athletes are fucking criminals. Dude, really? Most of them. Yeah, but that's that's pretty intense. Hernandez is a well, all right, I'm not talking about the murder of, you know, Hernandez killing every fucking buddy in the yeah, house. We don't know how many people he killed at this point. But Josh Gordon, like... I'm not saying Josh Gordon killed anyone, but I think the Jesus, has, the Patriots are all about stability, and I that really, shit happens. I really think the dude has problems. I just hate the Patriots. Lot. No, but it is good. But I would say, like Kel said, Patriots can't turn him around. Then again, I, I just hate the Patriots so much. How can you say that freaking organization has stability when... They got a freaking murder on their team, and they don't know it. How do you say? How do you say that stability? What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know what the hell he. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. I will say though, maybe this is good for Josh Gordon. Like, he gets. It has to be. It's something new. I mean, even though, yeah, it's Patriots, whatever. Like, it's something new for him. Maybe this is like, a, all right, I, I'm, I'm here to take this serious. Maybe he was like, basically, like, hey. God, we fucking suck. I'm just going to get high every day. Good example with that is uh, Malcolm Butler. You know, Malcolm Butler makes the interception, wins the Super Bowl for the Patriots. The next year he gets cut. Everyone talks about how can they cut Malcolm Butler? The dude's a stud. This year, Malcolm Butler has the worst cornerback um, ratio of, like, you know, completed balls, you know, making plays. Completed balls. Stuff like that, you know, completed balls on him, interceptions, like targets. He has the worst in the NFL. So there's a reason. I mean, the Patriots have a formula that's – it's unbelievable. I mean, the Patriots are the most dominating team in all of sports in all, in our lifetime. So fuck them. Yeah, they also had a guy who committed double murder. So Cody, get over it. That was, what, <laughs> six years ago? I'm getting over it, dude. Hey, what, they got that six AFC championships since? Oh, that 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 helps. It doesn't matter. It's all about production, Cody. 
<laughs> yeah, I, cast, I guess so, dude. Yes. Turn a blind eye, dude. That's the college football way. We cast division. Yeah, we we want wins over here. We want championships. We don't care what it takes to get there. <laughs> All right, dude. But All right, that took it a little too far there. <laughs> God, goddamn, Kale. You guys, you were hoping the Jags picked up Aaron Hernandez or what? Hey, he brings us a Super Bowl. Let's do it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, this is all this out to the families of the kids who just fucking got murdered by that guy. <laughs> this recording saved for life. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna jump to uh, the Steelers, man. That that is the opposite of what the Patriots preach. Keeping everything in house, everything is outside of that box right now. You got AB on a tweet saying, "Trade me, see what happens." Next day, he doesn't show up to practice. Tomlin doesn't have anything to say about it. You have Le'Veon Bell. Apparently, is he posting Snapchats at strip clubs and stuff? Oh, and on a jet ski great. and stuff? I think, I, I think he, he is. He was on a jet ski, and then he was shown rapping at a like a album release event. <laughs> guys, wow. live, guys live in life. Unbelievable. <laughs> that's, that's the Steelers' story right now because they're just like the Browns. They're 0-1-1. One. They're in so, trouble. What, what's going on there? Because, oh, walk off Homer. Walk off Homer. No. Get out. Get out. Oh. I was going to say, Cody, I'm surprised you're doing this broadcast with such a big Dodger game on right now. Yeah, they're going to extras, one uh, 2-2 game with the Rockies. But uh, So the Steelers, this is what's always been the issue with them. People want to pick them for the Super Bowl, but at the same time, they have these issues that come up every single year, whether it's A.B. filming Mike Tomlin talking shit in the locker room after a game. There's always something with Le'Veon. What's the deal there? I would say the Steelers are in trouble. Steelers are in trouble, just like the Patriots. Like I said, tide's got to turn. Big Ben's getting old. Um, I mean, there's something going on there. Same thing. Who knows? I mean, we're not in that locker room, so we don't know. But with that team, and you're seeing it all come to fruition. You know, A.B. tweeting that, Le'Veon Bell not coming. Seems like they have some locker room problems. So my question is, where does that start? Because Tomlin's been there for years, and I actually agree with the Steelers keeping the same coach around. We go back to the word stability. I like that in the coach. He's won a Super Bowl. The Steelers have always been that way. Tomlin seems awesome. He he does, but at the same time, he also seems like he doesn't have any discipline for these guys whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, not sure. Yeah, not sure. Um A.B., uh, I'll tell you what. Do you think Le'Veon is going to come back this year and kind of turn the tides for this team, or do you think it's going to go all south? Look, at the point right now, they look like a not a very good football team. You look at their defense, it's not that great. I mean, I would say T.J. Watt is probably their best player on that defense, and it's only his second year. They've lost a lot of their star power on defense and on offense. It just doesn't they're, seem like they have the same playmakers, offensive line. Their move. offense actually seems not too bad. I mean, James Conner as a rookie coming up, stepping up. Um, it just looks like their offensive line isn't giving Ben the time he needs. Because, I mean, they were down 21 nothing, uh in like the first quarter and, actually, and came back. Um, but I don't think Le'Veon's going to change that team at all. Like, I, I think – with James Conner coming in, stepping up the way he is, like, who, 
I mean, I don't think they really care. I mean, this dude's holding out. What is he going to hold out all season? Like uh, ten. The story is he has until the Tuesday after week ten is where he could either come back or he loses his rights to be a free agent, I believe. Which I don't know if he's going to hold out for that long because he's losing game checks each week, which is like 800 and something thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, the guy's an incredible talent. I think the guy can show up and do whatever he wants. He's the best running back in the NFL besides Todd Gurley, David Johnson. I mean, is this the new Kenny Powers of football? Riding jet skis and shit. He seems like it rapping. He's doing his own thing. Yeah, he's not giving a damn. Yeah, he's doing his own thing. Yeah, Which sucks. But... The Steelers linemen are just trashing him. No, it show. I think it shows if, if James Conner can do what he's doing, Le'Veon Bell is doubling his production. I mean, Le'Veon Bell is unbelievable. Where do where do we stand on all this? Do we stand with the player or do we stand with the like management? Because owners make a shit ton of money. I'm never going to be on these billionaire sides ever with anything. But it kind of sucks when your O-linemen are kind of trashing you. Then you kind of take the team side over the running back, even though you know where he's coming from. It's obviously selfish of, of Le'Veon. You know, football's the ultimate team sport more than any other sport. And for him, you know, I mean, yeah, it's a selfish move for sure. Speaking of selfish moves, Fonte Davis, anyone? Oh, my God. Buffalo Bills retired. That is fucking cool. Unheard Get, of. The Bills are getting their dicks kicked in by the Chargers. And at halftime, Vontae Davis says, the hell with this. Hey, you know coach, what? I'm, I'm retiring. Coach, fuck this. I'm out. I'm done. Like. <laughs> Quits at halftime. Wait, don't don't use the word quit, dude. He retired. Yeah, I mean, you know, call it what you, you want. He, you think he called an Uber? He, yeah, he had to do something, right? I mean, God. How does that, how does that work? There's no way you stay in the locker room after that. How does that work? Yeah, I don't get. What do you sign your retirement papers at halftime? Like, so they 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 talk to a on the radio. They talk to a writer for Buffalo, and he was like, they they asked him, so what'd you find out? And he's like, you know, I had my binoculars up there in the press box, and my buddy next to me goes, hey, you see Vontae out there? And he goes, no, nah, I don't see Vontae. Where is he? So they. Uh, tried to talk to the PR guy and the PR people didn't even know until like 15 minutes later, they were like, yeah, he retired. <laughs> well, guys, like, Wait, what? Guys, another thing I don't get about that is, I mean, at halftime you go in as a team and then you leave as a team and enter the field. You know, and most of the times you show in at halftime, offense goes with the offense, defense goes with the defense. You're drawing up plays. You're, you know, making your scheme for the second half. How did this work? Did he just he he obviously just fell back and you know I'll see you guys out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a uh, I'm gonna get spatted. Yeah, it just, I don't. That's what I really don't get is how did this all go down? He like, must have told do an you, equipment do you guy. Think, or something. Do you think he was like, hey guys, I got a cramp. I need to go take some potassium pills or some shit. Like, I, I need to get something something. And then no, didn't he tell one player he was retiring? I mean, it's not like, yeah, it's not like they go and little pods and then show up on the field individually like i mean you know he had to have kind of like hey hey or maybe he pulled the oh i'll catch you guys but but he yeah, yeah the say, hey, hey bro you coming out with us come on all i gotta maybe you're, maybe you're... he went to the bathroom to take a shit 
Yeah, yeah. Your hey, head's got to be out there. Got to take a shit. Your head, your head's got to be really fucked to say, "Damn, I'm getting my ass whooped. I'm done." And you saw, you saw, you made a a nice third down stop. Puts up. He the, also got puts up the four for two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. He puts up the four. Players getting on him. You know, it, it's not out of the question that he shit his pants and didn't want to go out there with the stain. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys? Did you or Dylan ever have that experience shitting during a game? No. I no. almost did twice. I did <laughs> once poop, poop my pants during track. Oh, dude, that, that means you were dripping down the leg, buddy. Uh, I, yes. Yes, I was. And I, during my 400, during my 400, let it go. At the end of my 400, kept going straight towards the locker room. <laughs> like like uh like uh fucking Forrest Gump going straight to the locker room after the touchdown. I'll see you guys later. Uh, I'll t- I'll talk to the coach tomorrow. <laughs> Did you win? It was practice. I mean, it- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brutal. Anyways, yo, I've been terrible in bets. I've always been terrible in bets. The last NFL, I haven't hit anything. Don't have you hit something? Uh, no, dude, these bets have been horrible. Terrible. So, you know, just give us, give us one of these lines. I got all the lines written down right now. I'm looking okay. at them. I, I have a, actually kill. I, I got a, I got a good one for you. I'm 11 and five this year, boys. So for first time ever in, well, not ever for me, it feels like forever. The Browns are favored on Thursday night football against the New York jets. I got some numbers for you on that, Dylan. Let's hear it. The Browns are favored. For the first time since December thirteenth, two thousand fifteen. See, I, I can't take them though. It has been three years since the Browns have been favored in any game, and that's I'm gonna, of, I'm gonna roll with them. I'm gonna that roll is with them. unbelievable. And one of the things to know in betting is whenever you see a line that's too good to be true, you know, oh, of course the Giants are gonna cover, right? How are the Browns favored? And I'll tell you right now, I'm with the Jets. <laughs> I mean, you got it. I'll never, ever put money on the Browns, ever. You can't. I'll roll with them. Especially you know with, what? The, especially with the minus. They're going to win one game this year. And they're not favored by three. It doesn't matter, favored or not. I'm rolling with them. I, they're yeah, they're going to take the Browns minus three. If they're going to win a game the way they, they should have beat the Steelers, should have beat the Saints, they're, the Jets look god-awful on Sunday. Jesus, Sam Darnold actually looked like the real Sam Darnold. That was one of my best bets of last week was the Jets because they came out and beat a shit team in the Lions, showed out, and that was all defense. And I saw that come with Sam Darnold. I mean, Sam Darnold is not going to be a world breaker this year. He's a good, I, he's a good quarterback, but he's not going to be a world breaker. I'm taking the Browns, man. It's not, it's not a bad bet. It really isn't. I, what, about, I'm, what about between that line, but what I'm doing <laughs> – I'm buying half of a point, and I'm going Jets plus three and a half. Ooh, I like that. I do like that because I feel like it's going to be a three-point game. A lot of NFL games are. I got to ask you about this Ravens-Broncos. The Broncos are going into Baltimore, and the Ravens, after that shit fest that they had on Thursday night against the Bengals, somehow are five-point favorites. Love it. Kind of going back to the Browns thing, man, Vegas knows what they're doing. So for Vegas to put the Browns at a favorite – for the Vegas to put Baltimore at minus five, they know what they're doing. It's for a reason. 
Baltimore is going to win that game. I don't know by five. I mean, you can't go money line. That's about minus one, minus two something. Yeah, it's tough. For a money line. So you can't go money line. Stay away from that game. I lean minus five Baltimore. And then another one I look at, which is kind of what we talked about earlier, Fitzpatrick, Monday night in Tampa. Steelers coming in. We know how poor their defense has looked. The Bucks are home dogs, and you know you like a good home dog, Kill. Might be my best bet of the week, Cody. So do we do do we do money line on that if they're just one yes. point favorite? Of course. Of course. It's the same thing. It's it's ultimately the same thing. If you can most of the time, once you have a plus one, the money line is taken out because it's a one point. But if you can get a money line on that, you're going money line. And then the last one I got is the Eagles. Carson Wentz medically cleared to play, so he'll be back. They're at home. The Colts are coming into town, and the Eagles are six-and-a-half-point favorites. I like the Colts. I thought they were the best bet last week. I didn't bet it because I'm an idiot against the Redskins when they were six-point dogs. Six-and-a-half-point dogs this time. What are your thoughts? It's a fade for me. Fade in terms of just no bet. Um, don't like the line. I think it's a little too high for Philly. I like Philly to win the game. They are still, I don't know if the Super Bowl hangover is real for them, but they got to prove it a little more to me. So, no bet for me. Lean, right, what, what's, lean. One, what's, a, what's your lock of the week? Uh, looking at the lines, my lock of the week Right now is Tampa Bay plus one. Ooh, I like that. It is. It's Tampa Bay plus one. I also like Miami minus three. Stop it. Um, it's a tough week looking at lines this week. It's a little more. Last couple weeks, I've had really good. Last week, my lock of the week was Jaguars plus one. It hit. Uh, this week, looking at the lines, it's it's Tampa plus one. They're I rolling. think I kind of like the Packers minus three at Redskins. Of course, yeah. I mean, their defense, though. Well, I mean, yeah, that's a good pick. It is a good pick. And the other sneaky one is Panthers minus three at home against the Bengals. Are the Bengals for real? Ah, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I think so. I think so. That was a huge win for them last week in dominating fashion. It was dominating fashion, but they also almost blew it. Nah, they had that game in control all the way. <laughs> I don't trust Marvin Lewis ever. He's had he's had he's had teams recently that are right there. You know, he's a good coach. Yeah. He's done a good job with that team. A good coach get to the playoffs and lose, man. I love it. Hey, Cody, come on. This is the NFL. <laughs> this isn't baseball. <laughs> come on, dude. I'm just trying to speak the truth. Get your head out of the Dodgers. Sorry, man. I'm I'm locked in. Anyways, I hope your uh, I hope your Jaguars sign Aaron Hernandez to a ten day contract or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys get that ring. We're good. Uh, it was great having you on. We got to do this once again. I thought we crushed it. Always do, Cody. Thank you for having me, buddy. And Hi, Dylan, man. great talking with you, man. Pleasure, man. Got to all hang out soon, and uh, no. see you guys next Tuesday. No doubt. See you later, man. All right, man. 
Thank you for tuning into the 10 After 7 podcast. My brother Dylan and Kel Dester coming in clutch. You can follow me on Twitter at 10 After 7 or on Instagram at 10 underscore after underscore 7. I'll be back on next week to recap college football and NFL. Woo! Go Dodgers!